Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex, the poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Man, this week was super duper crazy for me. Um, still crying, like at, at the drop of a hat, watching shows that I've watched multiple times, listening to songs that I've listened to a million times, like, you know, hearing certain things that I've heard a million times, and it's just super triggering to my emotions, and tears start to flow. And it's really weird. I think I told you guys last uh, last week that when I'm in those moments, I've been looking for anchor points to figure out what's what because I want to be able to stand in front of it and, and deal. And for whatever reason, like as when I sit down, get my pen out, you know, get my phone out, go on my notes to kind of, you know, feel what I feel in the moment, there's no anchor point for me. And so... I had been very, very frustrated, like, this past few weeks just trying to figure out, like, what's going on, you know, with the paranoia, um, what's going on with my emotions, because it'll, it'll, like, literally, it'll be something, like, because I watch sci-fi stuff, so I, in my real mind, know that it's fake. I, as an adult, could comprehend that this is a movie, TV show, cartoon, whatever, however you want to slice it. I can rationalize that, but my emotions are what they are. And so this past few weeks has just been a little bit overboard for me because I'm like, all right, I am an emotional being, right? But I'm not a I'm not a crier like that. And so I'm trying to figure out what's causing the these emotions. And um on one show I found, you know, I figured it out. Uh, why that affected me so much but on the other show it's just like bro like like you know this fake right and so when I can't stand in front of it it's very difficult for me to you know try to end whatever the trigger is or whatever um but then I start realizing I well I start thinking like well I hold a lot in as open as I am on this podcast um in my in my real life you know I, I hold a lot in because I don't like drama, because I don't like stirring up the pot. Um, I'm very much not um, an attention seeker, right? And I, I think that's why so many things happen happen to me. Uh, because I'm because I'm not an attention seeker, uh, because I play the background, stay in the shadows and stuff like that, and I don't like I don't be telling people anything really, you know, not necessarily out of embarrassment or not necessarily out of fear. It's just, I don't know, I just always been that way. And so, I feel like my body is really on some, hey, bro, if you're not going, if you're not going to release it yourself, then we have no choice. Because, you know, our body is going to try to protect itself the best it can. That's just, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to function how it's supposed to function. And so, I feel like... Um, that's what's really going on. Like I was, I was rewatching uh, the the Netflix show Lucifer, and it was so many. Like I've I've watched that I think over like maybe four times, right? To the point to where I know the scenes, I know what's coming, when it's coming, 
Like, I, I get it. Right? Same part. Every watch. Break down, break, break down tears. Even if I fast forward it through the part that really tears me up, tears. I'm listening to music. You know, a certain line is said in tears. I don't know how to stop it. I know that clearly it's needed. And so I just allow it to be. Right? I just take the moment and if it, and if tears come, like I just let them come. Because I've been fighting it for so long and that's causing distress. I'm starting to realize I'm, I'm starting to realize something as I'm going through this mental health journey um that I want to share with y'all. The harder that I fight against whatever's trying to happen, whatever's trying to process through, the more difficult it gets. Um, and wh- I don't mean the actual ailment. I mean the healing part of it. I think that we get lost in the, in the idea that healing is supposed to be pain-free. And I'm learning that it isn't. Whether it's physical healing, mental, emotional, like it's, it's, it's not meant to be pain-free. I say that because even when you physically cut yourself, you got to tend to it. You got to change the ba- uh, bandage. You got to clean it up. Um, put the bandage back on. Redo that. Like you have, like depending on where the, you know, the cut is or whatever, you have to alter your bathing schedule. You have to al- alter, you know, how you moisturize your body and stuff like that. But each time you have, each time while you're healing, and you're having to change that bandage, every time you take it off, it hurt. Every time you, you, you clean it off, it hurt. You put the ointment on, it hurt. You wrap it back up, it hurt, right? It's going to do that every time until it heals. Every single time. It's gonna, and, and, and even after that, when it heals, on the surface, it's still bruised. And that's how we are. That's what I'm learning. It's like, on the surface, I can say, I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I can say, I ain't tripping on this. But on the inside, the truth is there. The truth is there. And I remember I used to be, um, I used to very much so be the, I ain't tripping on that. It's whatever. It's this. It's that. F this. F that. Like, I used to be that way whole while I'm in shambles, I'm mad, I'm irritated, I'm hurt. Why would they do this? Why would they say that? Why did I respond that way? Why did I do this? Why did I do, like, it's in there. And so as I'm, as I'm healing still, and I'm like, yo, like, how did I get here? How did I get to this point of, of sadness that it tripped over into depression, that tripped over into me, you know, holding it all in for real, for real? Like, why am I afraid to tell someone? Why am I afraid to really, you know, get into detail of what really be going on in my mind? Why am I afraid to get into detail what really be going on, you know, in my life for real? Is embarrassment? Am I scared of something, you know? What is it? And because I have that, because I have those questions within myself, it's like, nah, I'm, I'm going to hold it in. But the, the body can only take so much. 
And so I feel like when I'm dealing with, um, like the part in Lucifer was um, the guy Dan had died. And um, he had a daughter. And it's this one, it's this one part that like it's just her voice and her tear of just wanting her dad, and it fucks me up every time because I've never experienced that with my girls. Of course, I don't want a tragedy to happen for you know, for Imani to re- respond like that and 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 just want me, right? But I never got to experience that with my girls. When I'm when I'm scrolling on on TikTok, like this week was exceptionally hard for me. Like looking at um, looking at fathers just be able to be with their girls. It's just a reminder of everything that I've missed um, with Imani. Um, things I'll never get with Kennedy. And I'm just like, man, it's crazy. So tears, boom. I see something, you know, a broken relationship, tears, boom. You know, uh, arguments with kids, tears. It's just, it's really, really weird. And I think that um, it's really because I hold a lot in. I don't feel like there's many people who truly understand um, and, and give decent advice. Like, if I laid everything on the table, I don't think anyone could take it for real. And so because of that, I have to deal with it how I deal with it. And I feel like these tears that are coming that are um, like it be hours. Like it's not like, and, th- and that's the weirdest part for me because it's like, it's not just like, oh, I, that triggered a thought and then I cry while that's going on. Next minute, you know, I, I move on to the next scene. Like, It'd be for hours. It'd be affecting my sleep. And again, this is coming from somebody who don't even really care about a lot of stuff for real. But being open with you guys has allowed me to increase my vulnerability and accountability to myself. So with that, my defenses are like there. It's almost none. So everything that's trying to, to to get through to me, whether good or bad, is is has access. And I'm fine there. I'm fine. Um, I know, you know, I'm still stubborn in certain portions of my healing, both mentally and with my physical ailments. Um, I know that, right? So things are going to still be a little bit confusing. Things are going to be a little bit harsh um, on me. But I got to get there for myself. See, we, we, we always try to block the pain out. We always try to forget how pain feels and we get in and that weakens us pain is inevitable hurt is inevitable inevitable there's no way around it so trying to hide from it and in in trying to hide it 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 makes no sense because in the end, it's going to tear you down. It's going to put you in a position mentally that you're not going to be able to handle. 
And we have to start being strong enough within ourselves to be okay to to release what we need to release. We need to be okay, like, in, in, in accepting and understanding if people don't accept what we're going through. Everybody handles trauma very, very differently. Everybody handles the 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 daily elements of life differently. But you have to know that it, it it's on you to relay the message if it's necessary for you. You can't keep beating yourself up and holding stuff in and um, worrying, worrying why it's so hard on you because you don't you don't talk about it. Whether it's fear, whether it's weakness, whether it's embarrassment, you you don't talk about it. And so now it's eating at you, it's tearing your mind up because you're trying to figure it out. And so for me, I'm like, all right, bet. I told y'all like that mental purgatory. I'm. It's like I got a, uh, like a I, I got a speedy pass, free access, immediate, expedited. To that mental purgatory of thinking about, you know, these things that I went through in my life, these things that I go through in my life, understand or trying to understand, um, trying to understand who I am for real. Learning how to heal properly, right? I just, for like a good six to eight months, I was trying to block out, you know, Kennedy's passing. And I felt myself start going crazy. Because why am I trying to block it out? And honestly, I'm trying to block it out because that's what society says. Everybody, like, people die every day. So I gotta, I have to keep that in mind and keep it pushing, keep it moving. And I was, like, trying to do that really drove me nuts because that's my baby and I'm forever remember. It's just like certain relationships. I'm going to forever remember those relationships. Certain issues, you know, with, with my siblings, certain issues with my, my parents, uh, family members, work, like certain things that I'm just never going to forget. And those things really hurt a lot of the times. So I got to stand in front of it. And so, like I said, you know, in the purgatory episode, I sit there, you know, I see the darkness going. I see it. But there's a there's a piece of light in there that's going to allow me the vision I need to settle the darkness. And if I keep running from it, if I keep saying, no, I'm OK, if I keep telling myself, oh, no, it don't hurt that bad. If I keep telling myself, oh, well, this happens to people every day. People have arguments with their kids every day. People struggle financially every day. People go through relationship issues every day. Then I become like the world and be complacent in positive growth. And so as I'm going through those triggers and they, they, they hit my heart or whatever, and I'm reminded of a, a lost relationship and I'm reminded of, you know, lost children, I'm um, reminded of lost jobs and things. And it's like, all right, bet. So the issue now is why do those things affect me? 
do I feel like I'm a bad partner? Do I feel like I'm a bad parent? Am I a bad employee? Am I a bad, uh, bad friend? Do I do bad business? I got to sit in front of that. I got to answer those questions honestly, you know, within myself. That's part of healing. I got a whole pros and cons list about me. A whole pros and cons. Not because somebody asked me to, not because somebody pointed it out, but I needed to start figuring me out, you know, during my process of healing because I realized I still was hiding from myself. I still was a little bit embarrassed about some things that I went through. Still a little bit scared to, to out loud admit, you know, certain things that I've been through to myself. And I can't live that way. But you don't get there without allowing yourself to properly heal, allowing the pain to 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 flow through. However it is, I told you guys like, oh, you have a victim mentality and da 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 da. And it's like, without that, I'm not gonna be able to survive because I don't talk, I don't tell people things. So if I don't have that smidget of victim mentality in me. I'll never be able to really process things because I'll always blame myself. If I'm not looking at the facts of a situation and I'm only looking at my, if, and I'm only looking at me, I'll always blame myself. Because my mind is going to keep on telling me like, "Nah, that was on you. You did that. You accepted this." You and it's like, "Okay, cool. Cool." But the effects of the other person, it, it, it affected me. The effect of the job, the effect of the arguments with me and the kids, it affected me. But I can't, I, I can't be the one to say, hey, you, you did this and it, and it made me feel this way. All I can do is set the boundaries necessary for me not to go through it again. In order to get those boundaries, you got to feel the pain. When you feel the pain, you process it. Once processed, you could decimate it out of your memory. But they don't teach us how to heal for real. Everything is to, to put a band-aid on it. Everything is to, um, it's a workaround. I think, you know, a month or two months ago, I was talking about where I hate workarounds. I get it in real time in emergent situations. You got to find that workaround because you got to. But when it's when everything is a workaround in relationships and friendships and, and parenting, it's just like I'm so tired of that. Like, let's fix it. And again, how are you going to fix it if you either denying what it is or acting oblivious to what it is? Healing is everlasting. And unfortunately, as you're healing, that pain gonna come. So essentially, healing with pain is everlasting. What I'm learning through this through this process of healing is, I'm sorry. What I'm learning in this process of me healing is that the more I try to block the pain of healing, the the more it's prolonged. Because I'll try to get to that memory and I'll try to be tough in that memory and, and, and act like it didn't affect me like it really did. And it could be a good memory, right? 
it, it like I'm, y'all know how it, it's my podcast. I can say what I want. So I low key be blocking like right now where I'm at mentally missing my baby and just like feeling like you know my uh, paternal uh, clock. It was done having kids. However you want to say it. Um, I'll be blocking them. Like, straight up. Proposals, blocking. Marriage, blocking. Get out of here. Not interested. Not because of them. Shit be, the, the babies be, be handsome. Babies be really cute. Just loving little chunk of butts. The relationship pictures be super fire, super inspiring, and stuff like that. But the way my mind set up right now, get that out of here. People don't know how, like, even those happy things, they're, they're triggers. I'm reminded of relationships lost. I'm reminded of kids lost. I'm reminded of things that I'll, that I'll never get to do with one of my daughters. And so... I block, or I hit the not interested immediately. It's not that it's a bad thing. I think that's what that's another thing that we don't realize about you know about healing, about pain, about you know things that, um, like we always we always think that the the pain is the negative. Like we only focus on that, but there's happiness. There's there's. There's happiness that causes dark, dark thoughts. There's happiness that causes um, depression. Right? If you want something so much and it's never happening for you, and you're witnessing, you know, people be engaged, have babies, raise their kids, stuff like that, um, it's going to affect you, right? Especially for me, I think. I think for. For parents like me who have actually lost a child, I think it, um, it I think it's a little bit different um, type of healing that we got to do. It's a type. It's, it's a different type of forgiveness we got to we got to uh, have or give each other, and give ourselves. I say that because I can't be the only one. You know, I never want nothing to happen to anybody's baby, ever, or a relationship for that matter. But I can't sit and lie and say I don't have the why them and not me. Blocking that for so long has created this weird energy in me that now I'm not cool with that because I'm not a I'm not a hater. I'm not you know I'm not one who um, wants to see people in pain. I'm not one who wants you know what other people have what other people have. But because I'm hurt, because you know my emotions are what they are, it's like now nah, I don't want to see that. But but why is my why is my brain wired that way? And so I'm going through this week, and I'm just feeling all of it. I'm feeling all the pain. Um, I'm wondering, you know, why the tears so often. So you know. Um, why am I not sleeping properly? Like, what's really going on? And I realized, like, this is, like, once you tell yourself, all right, it's time to heal for real. Like, forget all that being tough. Forget all that, you know, um, 
my cutoff game is this or my cutoff game is that. Forget all that. Oh, that was my friend. Uh, I can't believe we, you know, we grew up together and this happened. You know, let go of that. Uh, you know, I can't believe this relationship went this way. Or we, man, listen. I needed I, 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 I need it to be what it is. I need it. I, I need to to assess my value. I need to be able to to know what I bring to the table. I need, you know, I need to know that I'm healing. I need to know how I'm healing. I need all that for myself, not for for nobody else. Like there's just like to hear um he's this comedian. I believe he's from St. Louis. Um and I've been following him for a long while. Like he's a very very funny guy. Very funny guy. Love his skits, love the shows that he's on. Um love the questions that he poses sometimes, you know, on his Twitter. And so he had made a post and he said, just simply asked, why did you beat your kids? Or why do you beat your kids? Meaning like, why do you, why do you whoop them as a form of, dis, uh, form of discipline? And I had wrote out like a whole, um, maybe like three paragraphs. Yeah, I know like on Twitter, you only have a certain amount of characters. So then you have to split it up. And so I wrote like a three paragraph response. But as I read it, I'm like, nah. Cause it's not, it, it's, it's, I gotta be honest, right? I gotta be, one, I gotta be honest. And two, it's a simple question. I don't need to add the extras. So I deleted all that. Next day, I was like, if I'm being honest, I, did that shit because it was done to me. It was no rhyme or reason. It was no, it, it was no conversation of if I'm gonna whip my kids, if I'm not gonna whip my kids, because I was because I was a kid who got whoopings. I just assumed that that was the way to go when when they start, um, when they start acting up. I assumed when it gets to a certain level, you get the belt out, yada, yada, whatever. I'll never forget the fear in my son's eye the day that, like, I was, like, I'm never doing this shit again. I'm never doing it again. Because that, for me, that takes, that takes away a lot of the value of who I am to them. Because... I'm their protector. I'm their provider. I'm their confidant. I'm all these things, right? I, me and them been rocking, you know, me and them been rocking for about eight years. And we we go through some things, you know, they're teenagers now. I told y'all what last week, they, like, it, it, last few weeks have been very trying for my, uh, for my parenting, for my parenting with the, the older two. I said in a, the response to, you know, to hear his post, I said, you know, if I'm being honest, I did it because it was done to me. I said, but then one day I saw the fear in their eyes and I opened up a different line of communication with them. And when I tell y'all, my kids are the most open kids. Yeah, dumb dumb was lying about what he was lying about. 
But am I going to hold that one thing against him for the rest of his life? No. Am I going to hold the issue with Kev against him for the rest of his life? No. We've already had conversations about it. Um, we continue to have conversations about it when, when, when necessary. Yeah, it's only been two weeks, but I'm that way. Nah, because we're going to make sure we have an understanding here. I don't get that without having that value uh, conversation to myself from that post. If I value myself as a parent, if I value my, my children as people and not property, why am I doing this? Because I don't know my value. I haven't assessed who I, who I am as a parent. I'm new to this. So, of course, I'm going to give you everything that I got because I, I don't know. Not There's not a book on earth that tells me, hey, your kid is going to poop and pee on you. You have to relax. They're going to throw up in your face. You have to relax. They're going to take their diaper off and go take a dump somewhere. You got to relax. There's no book that prepares you for that. You either going to be away or you not. You either going to value yourself as the protector and provider and do all things that that uh, exhibit that or you're 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 just going to go haywire and continue to the to to uh have this chain a uh, link of abuse of low value. And when I'm saying low value, please don't. I'm not one of them alpha uh, alpha males in general, nor is this one of them alpha males podcast. I'm saying as yourself, value to you, not value to, a, to another person, man or woman. Like, no. And thinking about that, it bothers me. They bring it up joking and stuff like that because, you know, that's how as a that's just how we heal and that's how we get stuff across. Um, but I know it's painful for them. Cause it's painful for me and I and and I wasn't the one I wasn't the one getting popped. I wasn't the one getting whooped. And so seeing the fear in 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 twins' eyes, even back then, like I was like I'll never forget that face. It wasn't a face uh, or it wasn't an expression of I value this person. It was an expression of ter- uh, 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 fear, terrified. I decided I, I, that's not that that lowers my value. I have I have human beings that have voices that can speak to me, that can tell me what's wrong, that can answer. You know why you did that? Yeah, kids are gonna lie, and it's gonna be difficult to ascertain the truth of the matter. But you, their parent, you're their god, you're their confidant. You gotta discipline them. You gotta love them, and in love, you gotta deal with the parts where your kids are fucking assholes. I used to count, like, 
I knew that every year with all of my kids, when they get to that six month part before or this, that uh, six month mark before their birthday, a new emotion, a new action, a new mannerism, a new mannerism comes in. Like clockwork. And because I start paying attention to that, I'm like, I'm watching them. So, because because it's you got to study your kids. Anything anything important to you in life, it's gonna take you to study. And I can't say research because research is actually you know you doing the test, yada yada, whatever you doing the experiment. So you got to study. You you have to study what is important to you. My kids are important to me. I don't want to live in this space of I'm the the parent. I'm stronger. I'll beat your ass if I have to for everything. Like that. I don't I don't want that in my mind. It's tucked in the back of my mind because it's four it's four boys and I know they're gonna try their way and I know they're gonna try me. Right? No matter how much of a good parent I think I am, no matter how, how much of a cool dad they think they are, or uh, a cool dad that they think I am or a cool son, it doesn't matter. They're gonna they're gonna test me. We all went through the I hate my parents phase. Some of us d- really deserve to be in that space and it and, and it be their true emotion, but Naturally, it just, I hate my parents because I want to go do this. And they said, no, because it's dangerous. But I watched them. I observed them to, to examine their maturity or lack thereof to, uh, so that I can assess what type of freedom they're going to have, what type of things I'm willing to be leaning on, what, like, what value do they bring to, to us, right? Are you doing, are, are you doing what you're supposed to do education-wise? Are you doing what you're supposed to do um, your, in your personal life? Are you doing what you're supposed to do as a result to being a son um, and being, you know, being a human being? Are you doing all that? Because if I keep putting, if I keep uh, pouring into you, you know, your value is going to do nothing but, but elevate. If I can't do that, if I'm not even sure about my own value. I can't teach it if I'm standing at the front door of it and afraid to go in, afraid to walk through it. I can't, how I'm going to help. That question really, really, you know, really took, it took me back to my own childhood of dang, like, I used to get good grades too, and I again, I'm not. Trust me, I'm not trying to say that I got whoopings every day. What I am saying is now that I I am a parent and I've been through that process of trying to figure out what discipline should look like, that shouldn't have been what it looked like, like at all. I'm not better than nobody. I'm not worse than nobody. I came to my revelation, how it, how it came to me. It doesn't absolve me from the times that I did discipline and discipline them in the way that I thought was correct. For me as a parent, my value was lowered because now I'm not dad, I'm the abuser. I was talking to my son the other day and, and he, you know, like, why you did that? I said, 
you that and know no better. I say you deserve a very high level of discipline because you were on your third citation in two weeks and on the, the verge of expulsion. And you're only in like the first or second grade, my guy. Like I had, I, I had spoken to you. I had took your stuff. Like one year, like I had took everything from him. I mean, the entire school year, no PlayStation, no Pokemon, no nothing. This was before they was even into into phones. And I remember that, like it was yesterday. I said, and you still turned up. You still did. You you still do what you do. I said, you know, um, that's pretty much how we figured out, you know, what what was going on with you. Because you just you didn't register fear. Everything was impulsive, you know. When we're talking to you, like, it's like you're there, but you're not there. I said, for so long, I'm like, man, like, I'm, I'm doing such a bad job. I said, but once I fi figured it out, we good. You test me now, but my value is a little bit higher uh, because, of, because after that, how I responded to them, how I moved for them. Even at work, a lot of people dislike me. It is what it is. My reputation is what my reputation is. I'm going I'm to get the job done. I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm going to be straightforward because that's how I live my life. I'm not going to let you harass me too much. I'm going to respond. Because I learned how, I, I, I learned what self-value is. I learned that it's not at all what what everybody thinks it is. I often see people, I often see people um, attaching value to things. They want to be rich. They want to have passive income. They want to have luxury cars. They want to have luxury clothes. They want to have all these things. Why are we so hell-bent on giving value to everything but ourselves? Yeah, you're rich. Yeah, you can pull every, you know, every guy or any girl you want, you know, because you have the money, because you have the designer clothes, behind, uh, because you have, you know, the designer cars, what have you. But when you get behind closed doors, like, do you value each other? Like, when you get behind closed doors with your family, is it a real value that you guys have? Because for me, I'm like, I'd rather have my internal value meter for myself. I'd rather value who you are as a human being than the things that you have because the things that you get that, that shit is going what, what they say that shit is going to depreciate it's going to get scratched it's going to get bruised it's going to get uh a knee repairs it's going to need all that stuff and you're going to pay for it you're going to go you know get your your oil changes your tires rotated your new tires your uh you know get the, the engine checked, da 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 
you know, make sure it's clean, make sure the paint still look nice. Like you, you gonna do all of that. But when it comes to relationships with your partner, when it comes to relationship with your kids, when it comes to relationships, you know, your business relationships, you just, there's no value there. You're not working hard to keep the partnership right. You're not working hard to keep your parental parental stuff right because you have tangibles. When I had that thought, I'm like, man, it's it's crazy. Like, it's crazy the cycle that we go through in life of feeling like we have to ascertain all these things to please other people. That's why I can't get into reality TV for real because I know that's not y'all when those cameras cut off. These 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 dating shows and stuff. I know that's not y'all when these cameras is off. What are you feeding yourself? I know for me, I struggle with with valuing me. I like I don't I don't understand why. I have a, a thought. Um I have a like I feel like because we come from a time where it's what have you done for me lately? I could give you a hundred podcasts and you'll be like, okay, cool. Where's the next episode? I can bang out 40 hoodies. Design go stupid. Ah, that's cool, but there's one better. I can say, oh man, I'm in the, I'm in the top five of this situation. Cool. When are you gonna be number one? You don't get an opportunity where I'm from to revel in the success. I saw the other day my high school that I went to. Um, they got all the way. They got all the way, I think, to the final level to be straight uh, to be state champions, uh, southern section state champions. Sorry, or regional champions. They lost that last game. I want to say that was. I want to say that was at the beginning of December. I saw a video the other day. They already back in the. They already back in the in in workouts. Not even a month later. I'm not saying that that's bad as an athlete. I get it. Like I've been, I remember we had to to play football and run track. Like we had to have a secondary sport that was going to improve us for the football season. It was it was year round. I get it. It's a lot. You know, we they they trying to be champions, and these these kids is they are champions, and they want to they want to repeat and stuff like that. But it reminded me of how often we don't get to to be celebrated it's all it, it reminds me of how often it's like all right you did that but we got to make sure that you do that next year or next week or next month and that was my entire life a lot of ours a lot of us come up in a time to where we're expected to be great at what we do 
Like, if we choose to do it, like, my kids, we, like, <laughs> I remember I, I, I wanted to play football. The first year I wanted to play football, um, tackle football, I'm sorry, because I was in flag, and then I had aged out of flag football. If I'm being honest, the, the first year that I went out there, I wanted to play tackle football because my brother played, my brothers played tackle football. My cousins played tackle football, right? I ain't know what to expect. I had never been in in helmet shoulder pads. Like I, I had never been hit. Uh, Dederick Sylvester, rest his soul. Him and his brother Tim, rest his soul. They immediately made me quit. They wasn't about to keep hitting me that hard. Like no, 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 no. That wasn't gonna happen. Not every day. Was not gonna happen. And I remember my father cussing me out, like really, really bad. Um, and I didn't give a fuck. Like I was like, all right, I want to go play in the sand. Like I was on the swing and stuff. Like nah, because I'm playing this. I'm I'm playing because. I'm trying to impress my brother because he playing, he good. The following year, I was like, all right, I'm going to play. But I'm going to play because I want to play. And from the time I was seven or eight to the time I think I got to ninth grade, I, I started. One year I didn't start. I think my sophomore year I didn't start. And then 11th and 12th grade year, I was a starter. We get in these, these things where things should be, should be celebrated. It should be acknowledged at least. Not a, not a, a, a flyby acknowledged, not a, good job but it's certain things that like when you're dominant at what you're doing when you're when you're excelling at what you're doing you should get more than that little you know 30 seconds of all right that's cool but what's next because now you turn into an adult who is going to burn themselves out trying to get to the next thing my value is getting to the next thing right my value is all right i know i could do this but even though I did this, what I felt like was uh, my highest ability, other people think that I could go higher. So now I'm chasing that. I'm chasing that high of acceptance. I'm, I'm chasing that high of affirmation when I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it myself. I don't have time to sit down and realize that because of everything that I'm going through. So all this time, I'm feeling like this is normal. It's normal not to acknowledge your success other than, all right, yo, you did that. All right, let's get to the next thing. So that's why I don't get on here or in general to people. I don't, I don't tell them accomplishments. I don't really tell them like things that I overcame. I don't, I just don't because everybody die every day. The mentality that we have, that everything is just this rat race, like we have to continue to 
just keep going no matter what. We got to deal with pain of, uh, of losing loved ones. We got to deal with losing jobs. We got to do with, you know, uh, not being financially stable uh, at no fault of your own. It's a lot of us right now that are not financially stable, not because we have horrible uh, paying jobs or not because of mismanagement of money, but because there's not enough giving for the work that we do and we're being forced to work two and three four jobs just to make ends meet while you know the government keeps allowing things to raise in price and everything raises you know rent cost of groceries car insurance gasoline all that raises but salaries don't and then you you have people that because their salary like they have nice jobs but because how much everything has inflated they can't afford life. And there's people in the social media world that see those type of posts and comments and like negative and vile things. You just need to get another job. You need to stop, you know, uh, outspending or you need to stop overspending. You need to live within your lifestyle. And it's like, but I do. And because we don't know our value or we don't even know how to calculate our value of, of what and who we are, we accept those disrespectful words and then we believe them. We start to feel less than. We start to feel like, you know, we can't get it right because we can't get to this thing or get to that thing. Like, for me, I keep telling y'all, I can't wait so I can just tell the kids yes because I want to say yes. Having to tell them not right now so often has really done a number on me. I know I, I, it shouldn't bother me because, you know, um, I'm um, a single dad and it's, it's, it's four of them. They have three teenagers and um, one about to be 11 um, two weeks from now. I get it. But it's still a frustration. I hate having to tell them not right now. I, I, I hate that mentally I even allow the idea or I allow myself to, to, to feel like that when I know I bust my ass for everybody I consider family. But in real time, I don't, I don't, I don't know that part. In real time, in the midst of something, an issue, a problem, whatever, I don't know that I'm awesome. I don't know that, you know, um, I'm respected. I don't know that I'm loved for real. In real time. Because I'm so used to everything being on 10. I'm used to everything being back to back to back. Like you got to you got to get to it. You can't waste no time. Yada yada whatever. Like I'm used to that. I tell people often that, like, I'm overall, I'm not a person who wants you to tell me good job, you're proud of me, or yada, yada, whatever. If you're hard on me, I'm, you, you gotta, you, you, you have to give me the kudos, though. 
if I allow you to talk crazy to me, if I allow you, you know, if your emotional language is very aggressive and I allow that, I'm cool. I understand you don't, you know, you don't mean it like it's coming out. And I take the time to to gain understanding and awareness of how you speak. Yeah, you 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 got to give me kudos. You got to keep the same energy. Now, if you don't beat me down and you don't really, you're not really concerned with me, I don't expect a good job. I don't expect a you did that. I don't I don't expect that. And I should. We all should. We all should receive adulation for accomplishments. It don't necessarily have to be from someone else. It could be from yourself. You can big yourself up. You can um, show yourself appreciation openly. You could do that. It's not a bad thing. I'm learning that. I'll be in here working hard as hell. Y'all have no clue. Why? Because in my mind, because the business haven't linked, like I like like I see the business in my head linked a proper way or or a, a, a good way, and then when I write it down on paper, it just it's just not adding up. But I'll be working hard on trying to figure that out. I'll be working hard on figuring out these these notes. I'll be working hard on on ideas for you know new new uh, items at peacefullyflawed.com. I'll be working hard on that, but y'all don't know. I see people often posting um, their tragedies and their successes. And it's one thing that remains true in both situations. I've seen people completely obliterate the person who made the post. It never fails. It never fails. It don't matter if it's negative or positive. Somebody's in the comments going crazy and, and you know, with with dislike or disdain. And it's like it, it always trips me out when, when it's something where the masses are like, oh, this is such a good person, da, da, da. And then um, you got one or two people that are there to what they call now troll. Those trolls get to us because we we haven't figured out our value for real. I see a lot of people who who say they're strong mind uh, strong minded they're 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 mentally strong, um, and I see them respond to certain things. I'll never forget I had posted I had posted um, I don't remember if it was ramen or if I it was the first time I made fried rice right, and the lighting was bad. Right, I'm not a I'm not a photographer at all. I don't know how to change. I mean, I, I I see the settings that you can change on these iPhones for cameras and that, but I don't I don't mess with that. I I'm I'm not a photographer. But anyhow, the picture that I took, the lighting was was mad bright, so you didn't you weren't able to see the darkness of you know of whatever I had clicked. I had posted it, and. Somebody was like, some they. How can I say it? Cause I'm trying to remember. Someone said like something like, "Oh, I would have threw it away. Whole thing looked uncooked." Because I knew 
what happened with the camera, I took that as hate. All right, now you now you got to get off my page. Because my mind says, okay, if I'm if I'm posting pictures, there has to be some some level of editing or lack thereof in there. And you should you should when you're looking at pictures and videos, you should always keep that in mind, right? That that lighting is a thing. And because that person didn't and wanted to 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 quote unquote try to roast and get attention, like I edited it. All right, get out of here. Ha, ah, you think you about to go viral on, on my on my post? Fuck out of here. I'm able to do that without malice because I understand my value for myself. I know I, I could cook. Am I a chef? No. But do I have multiple people that like, all right, nah, you you gotta make that every time. You gotta make that every Yeah, we all we all do. But I'm a little bit considerate in how I respond to people. Like I see stuff sometimes to where I can tell it's a lighting issue. I don't, oh, it's ugly because of this. It's ugly because of that. I don't get in there and, and try to be negative with anybody because, again, I'm having, like, in real time, I'm having to heal. I'm having to process. I'm having to just be. I wish I, I wish more people were in that that honest phase of, of healing and, and not still low in, in self-value. The riches are going the, the, the riches are going to to die out or you're gonna die. So allowing the riches and material to be the thing that you hold on to and make tangible for you to feel valuable in life is crazy. And I'm not saying that because I'm, you know, I'm not saying that because I'm not rich. I'm not saying that because, you know, there's hate. I'm saying that because the reality of it is things are going to dry up. That's just like um, people used to clown me because I'm not a visual dater. I'm not looking at your 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 outward beauty right that's not the only thing that can like your outer your your face card is not the only thing that attracts right it could be how you dress it could be um your mannerisms it could be your body language that is is attractive right so people used to clown because i'm not looking for the best body You can change that if you want to. They used to clown because I like big women. That big woman has the the personality and the love of love of loves. See, we get into these things where where we only going by the outer the 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 outer appearance. We only going on. Oh, he swole. Oh, she thick. Oh, look, you know, look at the print. Oh, look at the ad. Like, all right, but can you cook for real? Can we have a conversation and leave and, and leave that conversation fulfilled? 
if I trust you, you know, with my deepest secrets and, and stuff, can I trust that you're going to keep that in? If you come to me for leadership, if you come to me for, for advice or conversation to where I need to talk you off the cliff, do, do, do I have enough value for you to actually take heed to what I'm saying? You see, you, you see where I'm getting at? It's a, it's a matter of us knowing who we are. It's a matter of us being solid in our blue book, right? Our own blue book of life. Of, of, uh, it's important that we're solid in that value. I'm telling y'all, when I, when, I, when I say that I'm very, very much interested in who I am and how I move and how I operate um, without the stress without other people's opinions, like as I'm learning certain stuff, like I'm just like, yo, like you, you got to cut it out. Like you're dwindling, you're dwindling away in life, being depressed, having the anxiety. Um, now the paranoia went to the doctor the other day and they said my sugar is high again. So that affects my moods. Like it's just, Am I just going to dwindle away or am I going to say, okay, this is where I add value at in life. So this is, I got to, I got to do something here. I don't worry about what people say to me now. And that's the point that I was getting at. Excuse me. I'm not concerned what people say about me now. I'm more concerned with what I say about me. I'm more concerned about, do I know that I'm a good parent? So why am I waiting for somebody to tell me I'm a good parent? Do I know that I'm a good partner? So why am I waiting for somebody to tell me? Do I know I sex well? Do I know I can defend my property? I can defend my kids. I can defend myself. I can defend a partner. Do I know? Yeah. So watch how you talk to me. You're not dealing with a weak-minded individual. I'm going through what I'm going through, but watch how you talk to me. Because I'm paying attention to everything. Because like I said before, what depression feels like to me is like I'm in there. Right? I'm in there and I'm, 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 I visualize this shit daily and, and it just is what it is. I'm in this room and I'm locked in this room. And no matter how hard I bang. On the door, no matter how man, how hard I bang on the window, I'm kicking, I'm screaming, I'm scratching, I'm trying to get out of this place, and I can't. But I feel like that's my right mind that allows me to, to continue to fight this thing that's going on with me mentally, that's uh, continuing to fight the thing that goes on with me eternally, right? I had to realize what you, where I was valued, why I was valued by me. I had to ask my own self, yo, what do you bring to the table for real? Even though, like, I would never ask that to, you know, a potential partner because I don't really, I don't really care. All I care about is if, if, if being with you is going to have me challenging life or death situations on the daily or if being with you is going to have me challenging um, freedom or jail, I, those are my two hard stops. Everything else is a conversation because I know my value now. So I'm not just going to let you do anything to me. I'm not going to let you just speak to me any kind of way. I'm not going to let just th things just happen and I don't call them out. Right? I'm going to speak I'm, I'm going to speak my piece. 
I told you I made a post. Love doesn't cost the thing, but my peace does, and I'm overcharging. I meant that shit. I'm able to say that because I'm aware of who I am. I'm aware of what I add to people's lives that I am a part of. Like, depression steals time from me. Not ideas, not emotions, not concepts, um, just time. It shuts me down to not wanting to talk, to not wanting to be around people, to the wanting to just sit in silence. It takes me there, but it does not and has not stolen any ideas. I'm very good on if an idea hit to write it down. If a concept hits, sketch it out. So I don't leave it in my brain. I keep telling y'all the most important thing to me that um, that I realized that uh, probably could have saved me from this level of depression is being able to actually be what it is. And come up in a, a very spiritual household, very, uh, very church going household. Um, so with that, as much as we were at church, all of our friends, you know, besides our neighborhood friends, but all of the friends that we were you know, able to be around for real, for real. They're all churchgoer kids as well. And so everything was, that's the devil. Don't speak that into existence. Um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you hold all, you hold it all in. You hold the, 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 Depression in the over sadness. If you're paranoid, you hold all of it in because the devil, you know, the devil is a lie. That's that's what you're gonna get. I held so much in because of that concept and that directive alone, and just not wanting to go to people and hear that. And that shit drove me to into a wall at high speeds. Why? Because I realized all those years of not being able to express it compounded. And then when it was time to, when, when, when everything hit the fan, it's just a snowball effect of everything, of every thought that I had, of every, you know, moment that depression was a reality of my life and it wasn't taken seriously or it wasn't even looked into. Like all that type of stuff started running through my mind. I wanted to to offer a caveat though. I don't think the parents of that time, like 60s, 70s, 80s, I don't think they were aware of mental health issues outside of the obvious ones that drugs created. So I don't want to uh, present this as purposeful neglect. I think it was ignorance of the time. But either way, it still affected me how it has affected me. It still has put me in a position to now having difficulties opening up about what really is going on. I was talking to my doctor um, on Friday, and 
we got to my uh, depression intake. And so she's asking the questions, you know, that they ask. And, and she's like, well, do you have any dark thoughts? And da 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 And I was like, yeah. She was like, well, what are they? And so I'm talking to her and I'm telling her, like, I'm saying what I'm saying. Again, I don't be thinking for real. I just be like, you ask, so I'm going to tell you. Man, that lady eyes got so damn big. And I'm glad I looked up because it's like it's it's low key an embarrassment for me. So like I, I kinda, you know, have my head down and stuff when I'm talking about, you know, actually having depression because it makes me feel weak as a person. Nobody has ever said that to me, but it makes me feel weak and into insecurity. Well when I looked up and her eyes got big, my right mind was like, Hey bro, you don't Stay right here, because if you go past this, your next sentence, you're going to end up in behavioral. You know, it's a holiday. You That means you ain't going to, you know, get a real assessment to Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, then probably won't get out to Thursday, Friday if they send you to behavior. So I just chill like, yo, yeah, that, that, I'm, that's what it is. I don't get to this level of accountability. I don't get to this le- level of free speech in, in who I am without having those moments of everything is the devil, fast forwarding to understanding that it's necessary to pour this stuff out of your mind, of your heart, say it out loud. I don't care if you're saying it to yourself or doing it like me on this podcast, but you got to say it out loud so you can hear it. I don't care how that sounds. I don't care if it sounds crazy. I don't like I really don't care. But you have to say those things out loud so that you can hear it so that you can heal. My youngest son right now um, and for people who know him, he has a speech impediment. Very, very bad. Um, I think that I think I'm going to end up getting. um that, that little thing at the bottom of his tongue, I think I'm going to end up getting that clip so that it gives him more free range to talk. But he, he speaks very, very unclear. Like, he'll be 11. Um, he'll be 11 in a couple weeks, and he's maybe speaking. And I'm not talking about comprehension. I'm talking about speaking. He's still maybe six or seven, like can't pronounce L's, can't, uh, uh, his S's are really bad, yada, yada, whatever. Because he can't hear himself speak clearly, comprehension has become difficult for him. And not comprehension on your day-to-day stuff, I mean like school stuff, like when he's reading and then he has to write an essay right after, or when he has to tell a story himself, like he's never heard him, he's never heard himself speak clearly, so his thoughts are jumbled. He often gets stuck on words and like, uh, and then I'll try to offer him a, a, a word that I think fits. And he's like, no, not that one. But because he can't speak and I'm, I'm saying that not trying to air my son out, I'm saying that that the emotional thing that I just said, like everything is the devil. Right. Or you're not you're not depressed. You're just sad or whatever the the needing to talk about it and not having that option. That's how it was for me on the mental health side. 
My son, however, is dealing with that on the physical side. He can't comprehend. He can't get out what he needs to get out because he's in his mind knowing he doesn't speak clearly. And because he doesn't speak clearly, he feels like he's at, he has a lower value than the other kids. So he does shit like when it's time to read out loud, he be like, I got to go to the bathroom. Or my, my throat hurt, you know, I don't I don't feel good. He does stuff like that. But when it's time for him to read in his small groups and he can just kind of be, you know, by himself a little bit, he'll read it. No problem. He still has a little bit of a struggle um, replaying or, or relaying what he just what he just read um, verbatim. And like for me, I'm just like, all right, cool. Well, let him tell you verbally. Because him writing it down is just, it, it's it's a it's a no go. It's weird because he he still good he still gets good grades, but for me, good grades are not enough when I know that he struggles with speaking. The break of the cycle is. I'm gonna let you talk to me whenever you want to talk to me. We're going to exercise your face so that we can get you to the to the point of speaking clearly sooner. It's not, oh, boy, don't worry about that. Oh, it's this. It's none of that. Nah, we're going we gonna to try to fix what this is. So he has, you know, speech therapy. He has a speech therapist. Like, I'm not. I make him read like I'm we not about to just sit on this again I'm I'm very much let's fix the problem don't don't put it on the shelf I don't care if we got to sit here all day don't put it on the shelf just let's let's get it but I don't get to that point without having the hardships of trying to be heard of uh trying to you know get this stuff uh, out of my system to to heal properly. I don't get there without everything I went through. I'm not able to sit in my mental purgatory without knowing the value of who I am for real. That's why it was super weird that paranoia hit me because I'm very aware of who I am. I realize I'm very hard on myself. I don't even I don't acknowledge a lot of stuff right I'm very much hard on who I am as a human being if I make one mistake one slip up like it, it takes me weeks to get back on the horse because I feel so so less than I feel just like I can't believe that this happened or that happened or I said this or I said that then I start realizing that, yeah, w w we all have this inner voice. And I'm, I'm brought back to my childhood and the cartoons that have um, the angel and the devil on the shoulder. And one saying one thing, one saying the other thing. And I start, like, I start laughing because I'm like, oh, shit. These cartoons really were showing us something for real. Like, yeah, they, they marketed it and it animated it in the form of good and evil, but in reality, that's your conscience. Because you have good parts and you have bad parts that are going to, you know, 
have you feeling a way in a positive way is you're gonna you know like like there's a thing going around on on twitter right now it's like dang this is me if i trusted my intrusive thoughts and so it's your conscience you have every day it's a good or bad decision that that you can make that is going to challenge your morals and challenge who you are i tell you guys often that that tit for tat shit that getting your lick back no that's going to lower your value you're going to lose i'm telling you don't ever think, don't, listen, even if, you, even if you are a person who has a high level of success when it comes for getting your lick back, trust me, please keep in your mind that there's going to be one lick that you're going to get back that you're going to regret. You'll get there once you start understanding. I had to understand that there is a good impact, there is a good and bad portion of my conscience. I have to acknowledge that there is a critic in there and it's like the worst one, myself. Like we have the ability to be, we have the ability to be our biggest cheerleaders, but we also are very capable of tearing ourselves down by being our biggest hater. Oh, it's not good enough. Oh, you know, I saw this over here and I tried to do it and it didn't work. I, I saw this recipe and I'm, I'm for sure it didn't, it didn't come out like that for them, but it came out like this for me. We tend to put so much pressure on ourselves and pretend that we don't feel the pressure. We're putting ourselves, we are putting, wait, what did I say? I said, we tend to put so much pressure on ourselves and pretend that we don't feel what we're doing. We got to recognize the critic in ourselves and rationalize if it's a real level of uh, of criticism and is it warranted or are we trying to run away from something? Am I criticizing myself because I don't I don't think I can make it? I don't think I'm strong enough. I don't think I'm capable. Am I afraid of listening to that portion of me? Because I feel like it's true. Right? I'm stuck in the middle of not knowing either way. Am I avoiding the happiness because I've never been in that that space consistently and it's weird there? Or... um, Am I, am I staying in the darkness because I feel like I belong there or do I feel like I'm not, um, do I feel like I don't have enough value to stay in the light? I started acknowledging when I was hating on myself and I've been doing very good for like the past couple of months. I really start acknowledging, like, all right, you're you're bugging. Like, this is actually really, really nice. Or this is, you know, like this this poem, the way it's headed, it's cool. Because I have this thing right now to where, like, do I talk about, like, in my poetry, do I talk about the things that are going on in today's world? Do I not? Do I uh, talk about racism? Do I not? Do I talk about love? Do I not? Like, I'm going through all these things mentally because it's like, dang, like, the poetry is not where I want it to be. 
But then I start thinking about it. Like, why am I why am I concerned with this being a mainstream thing? And it's not this is not a mainstream issue that I'm dealing with. Like everything in, in as a result to, you know, um, my company, it's about pain. It's about healing. It's about love. Why am I trying to put it in a position to, you know, be mainstream when a lot of people, they don't like healing in the open? So as I'm going through my, you know, my day to day, like, man, why the poetry not doing this? Why the poetry? Because you don't post it. Why am I rarely, why am I rarely getting sales, you know, uh, from the store? Because you don't post it. Because every time you come out with something, you know, your mind is like, ah, oh, I don't think that, I don't think that fits in today's style. Every poem you you come up with, you like, yeah, you you got skills and you put words together, but it's so much stuff going on in the world. You don't you don't want to do a poem about that. And then I'll start a poem about that, and I'm like, man, this 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 is not me though. Like my space is is relationships, my space is pain, my space is healing. It's not politics. It's not what's going on. But am I hating on myself? Am I limiting myself to this space because I do go stupid in this space? Or like I'm very skilled. I'm very skilled to that at putting words together. I remember um, I had an argument with 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 this lady in a group chat because I felt slighted a little bit, um, and she was saying something to the effect of like how people be asking like like slam poetry is dead or whatever like you know put it people need to put it on a beat. And that that offended me because I'm like wait what do you like what do you mean? I don't put my poetry on on any beat. My heart is the beat that it that it goes to. And if you can't catch that rhythm with my words, then it's not meant for you. See, the beats are a distraction from what's really going on. The beats, you know, give you that false idea that you're hearing positive words or that you're only like like you're hearing happiness it could be so it could be shoot 'em up bang bang it could be you know sex work music it could be all of that but if the music is tight you're not really paying attention for real i want you to hear every word if it's a tear that sheds i want you to hear that tear if it's a loss of breath because you know life has just been so hard like i want you to hear that And I'll never forget that conversation. And I was just like, man, that's crazy that, that you know, even when you're trying to do good, you know, people are going to take shots at you. But then it sent me back to, to my purgatory because it's like, well, are you, are, like, are you not putting it on beat because everybody does? Or, like, what, what is the real reason? And because this is something that I have addressed with myself over and over and over is that I want people to hear my words. I don't want you to associate it with a beat. Reason being is because you can get online right now, right? Forget that part. We witnessed Lil Wayne take everybody's beat and do exceptionally better on it. So now when certain beats come on, we'll skip the artist. We'll skip that artist and go to the Lil Wayne version of that beat. 
Think about how many remixes. Think about how many, you know, independent people just taking a beat, spitting over it, yada, yada, whatever. I couldn't imagine me doing a dope-ass poetry album and it me feeling like it's really, really dope. And I'm saying, like, the, the, the best shit. And now somebody comes because now somebody comes and uses the beat that I use. And now it creates an unnecessary competition of the beat, not the material. Because everybody's like, oh, well, like, because we know Wayne can rap. He can rap real, real well. So it becomes, dang, he killed that beat better than such and such. Even so much so, a lot of times they're like, oh, I wish this person was on this beat. I had to deal with the hater in me of myself to see if I was really against it because I'm hating on the idea of was I really against it. And for me, I really just prefer my my poetry not to have any music. I feel like once you add music, it turns into something else. So I had to mentally process that for me, like, yo, like, no, like, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't matter, you know, that they prefer that. The thing is, there's people who prefer spoken word, and that's just what it is. Even when I'm recording and I know that it's nice, I be super hard. Oh, it, I can hear the static in the background. Uh, oh, I heard the airplane go through. Oh man, I, I I stumbled briefly over this this word. Like sometimes it don't like. It's like the age old thing. Like if you mess up on stage, keep going because nine times out of ten, nobody know you messed up. And if you make um, a body gesture or a facial expression that indicates that you messed up, then now you're caught, and then you're going to be nervous the rest of the performance. And I don't want to be nervous for the rest of the performance that I have for this company, for myself, you know, for, for life in general. And so I have to acknowledge that there is a critic in my head and he is very, very disrespectful to what I'm trying to accomplish. And, you know, when I'm in the midst of things and, um, and just trying to be strong in whatever decisions that, that, that I've made, um, even, you know, within that I'm learning, uh, I'm learning the importance of accepting compliments. I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Those little sparks of I'm proud of you. Those little sparks of man, good job. Those little sparks of like you, you, you look handsome. You're smart, whatever. Those little sparks help a lot more than we want to realize. It's okay to give compliments and receive compliments. It's okay. We can't keep putting ourselves in this, you know, I have to be the only person giving me a compliment. I have to say I look, you know, I look good. I smell good. I feel good. I have to I have to say that, well, we're not, compliments are, are for whatever reason, especially in our culture, are hard to accept. We always think that it's underhanded and shady. We always think that it's some, you know, some form of, of jealousy or, or competition. That's just how the human, the, the human mind works. But it's imperative that we start accepting it 
because it's going to help when you are in your meditation time and when you in let me not say meditation time because everybody don't meditate but when you are in your solo time doing whatever it is that you do and those thoughts uh those thoughts come that um man i'm out of shape man you know my, my beard don't connect man my hairline messed up uh damn my stomach not flat dang my booty dropped dang you know, my titties are sagging. So when you get in, in, in your time and you feel like that, you can fall back on the compliments that you uh, receive from others that were both visual um, or visual or emotional or, you know, or, you know, uh, yeah, or emotional compliments. You have you have that to sit on t until you can get enough strength to start believing in yourself. Like I lost all that weight and I still got a dad bod. I'm I'm comfortable in my dad bod like it's not necessarily i need a six pack or even one a six pack. i just want to be healthy and if i'm healthy right now at um the weight that i'm at then i'm cool if i'm not then there's more work that i need to do which there is but i can live off the compliments of man you handsome i can live off the compliments of i'm proud of you for handling life how you handle life i can live off that until i get to the point where i can say you know what i am handsome Yes, I do sex very well. Yes, I am an exceptional poet. Like, those compliments are the reserves, right? You gotta, you, you, you gotta keep them in the dam when, when, when you don't have no more, you, when you don't have no more uh, uh, energy. Because it's gonna come back to you. You gonna believe in yourself Again, it's just right now you you it's hard because you're putting out material, you're putting out items, you're putting out fillers, you're you're you know putting yourself out there, and it's and, and you're not you know sowing what you're reaping. But I live by this model: patience, purpose, order. In the sense, in in the end, it'll all make sense. It'll all make sense. So be okay, be comfortable with, with getting and receiving compliments because it's important in life that we give these, like, it, it's a raindrop in a bucket of water, if I'm being honest. And if we go through life and receive, and we properly receive these affirmations, you know, little by little, and not, it don't necessarily have to be something deep, but it could be a genuine conversation and understanding, like, I know you struggling with that, you did that. But we got to be able to accept them too, and not keep deflecting, um, because we want better. It goes. It, it goes back to what I said earlier. We keep searching for the next thing, so we don't know how to accept the good job. We don't know how to accept that we are exceptional. We don't know how to accept it. For me, I, I'm just like, yo, that's crazy that you feel I'm this way. It's crazy that you feel that I'm that way. But then I think about it like my consistency is going to give you the itinerary of, of me. If you observe me enough and how I move and how I speak, like you're, you're like, oh, okay, bet. So I can I can receive and give compliments and not fake and, and not be fake about it, whether it's a guy or a girl or a guy or a man or a woman. I start having to understand the importance of being grateful for effort. 
I see so often, oh, stop, you know, stop being interested in people for their potential of, uh, and, and be in love with them for who they are. Well, if you're only in love with me who I am, then you failed already because I'm constantly changing. I'm constantly evolving. And if you don't appreciate the potential and, and all you see is potential, but you're not paying attention to the actual hard work that I'm putting in to build the company, to build, you know, uh, my kids up to make sure we're all mentally stable. If you don't see that, that's a you thing, not a me thing. But I'm going to look at you and I'm going to see, you know, you doing things that you normally don't do and saying things you normally don't say and making moves you normally don't don't move like, but you're doing it for me. I'm going to respect the effort. Because me, me, me telling you, all right, well, you tried it, but you failed it. I can't fool with you. That's kind of productive to what I'm what I'm saying on here. That's counterproductive of who I am as a human being. My responses are predicated on if I want to talk to you ever again. If you are giving effort, but that effort comes up short, we can have a conversation about that. And we could give each other pointers of how to make it work. Okay, you've gone as far as you've gone um, at effort. So now, like, I got to talk to you like, hey, I see this. I see that. I appreciate this. I appreciate that. But this is what we need to get going. We have to get off social media. We have to get off the traditional ways that we were raised and start understanding human behavior and start understanding in general. I see so often guys be be trying and they and they be really trying hard and come up short and they're disrespected for not being able to um, be the the primary breadwinner, uh, not being as handy as other men, um, not being as masculine as other men. I also see uh, on the flip side where you know women have to they're they're either too masculine or too feminine. They can never just be. They, I, never. And this is a two-sided thing that we that that we go through, and it goes back to my motto: unison, not comparison. If I feel like I'm competing with you in a relationship, I don't care if that's a romantic relationship or a friendship. I, I got to get away from you. I'm not competing with you. I want to. I don't want to compete with you because that for me that means somebody has to win or lose, and losses hurt. I want to be in unison. If you going for a job, if you, you know, if you about to buy a business, if you um, already in business, if like I want to be able to big you up, not be like, man, I can't believe that. Like, I can't believe you got it before me. So I'm grateful for the efforts that I get. Cause you'll be like, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to see clearly. If you want to deal with me, you're going to put in the same energy that I'm putting in. Not the same thing, not the same emotions, not the same love, not the same care, not the same um, conversation. But I'm going to be able to see like, oh, okay, I see it. 
as long as I can see it, I'm like, all right, bet. As long as the effort is a daily effort, I can deal with that. Because you are actively trying to be better, whether you're trying to be better to me, whether you're trying to be better to yourself, you're actively trying. And that's what the most important part is, right? Like if you make a mistake or you do somebody wrong and you just sit still, I can't fuck with you like that. Where even if you're a friend, if I know you did something shady to someone and you just chilling like it never happened, I can't fool with you for it. I'm not going to force you to make amends. I'm not going to, like, who am I? But I'm not going to fool with you because it's like, all right, babe, I, I, you're moving a little bit different. I don't, I don't like that shit. If you allow someone the proper amount of time to, to grow into who they're supposed to be. I get it. We're like, oh, you're going to hold up somebody's life. Da, da, da. I get it. Everything comes with understanding. Everything. So if you get with somebody and they not where you like, they're not where you want them to be or whatever, where you see fit, you have two choices. You have two choices. You could get the fuck away from them, and you you could be man or woman enough to say, "Hey, this this not for me. I appreciate the effort, but looking for something a little bit different," and and be okay with that. And be okay with that. But it's the, the it's the part of the disrespect for potential. I get it. Some some people are some people want to stay in the space of just giving the effort and not really getting over to actual succeeding uh, in the emotional fight that we have of relationships. I can only take us so far. You can only take us so far in order for us to link and mentally be on the same page. We have to allow each other the mistakes necessary to learn the lesson. I could tell you to your blue in the face. Don't do this. Don't say that. Don't move here. Don't do yada, yada, yada. Right. I can give you valid reasons. But those are my reasons in my experience. You got to go and you got to make your mistakes of life for you to know what you need to know. I keep telling y'all. Stop trying to obtain perfection. Perfection is completion and completion is death. It is the end. Once something is completed, you cannot take that thing no further. What that tells me about life is I'm always going to make mistakes. Always, you are always going to make mistakes. How you handle those mistakes, are, there, are, are, are they mistakes, are they purposeful mistakes, or was it genuinely mistakes? And are you learning from that? And what are you learning from that? Because we, we're not appreciating the effort of, of uh, people's connection, we're losing good people. It's certain things for me that are just simply, I'm never fucking with you again. It's just certain things. But it's also certain things that it's like, all right, you, you, you messed up. What you did was, was, was foul. But I'm looking at how you're moving in other things. And I think you're working through some, some stuff. 
I'm not going to give you access to me for a little bit, but I see that, you know, this is something that could possibly, um, this could, this could possibly be repaired. But if it's a constant mistake over and over and over, yeah, I get it. The effort is not there. I'm not going to continue to, like, I'm not going to continue to give you an opportunity to hurt me off the idea of effort because I see, you know what I mean? Like, if you do certain things to me, it's just done. I don't give a fuck about, like, I don't, I don't care about that. It's just done in a sense of now um, my emotions have retracted and the, the wall is back up. I'm still going to deal with you the same. It's just that romantic feeling is gone. Um, or just in general, just in general. So I appreciate effort as a potential to, to um, Effort has the, the the potential to turn into greatness if you're working at it. If you are authentic about it, if you are um, sincere about it, it's it, it's 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 a good thing. Um, I choose to. I choose to. I choose to respect the effort. I want to see the mistakes that you feel like you made. I want to see the corrections that you that you made. Because that's going to tell me how you're going to deal with me in business. Um, that's going to tell how you're going to deal with me in your, like for my kids. Certain things that they, it's, certain things that they say and do, it's going to tell me how they're going to deal with me when they're out of myself, uh, out of my house. And then they have the authority to do what they want to do. So I'm grateful for the effort that they put in to try to understand. Even in relationships, like it, like I don't think I've ever seen a relationship where both people like loved each other at the same level. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen seen that, and that's, to me, that's a good thing because if some days I'm a, I'm gonna love you a lot, some days I'm gonna love you a little. It's not gonna change what uh, what I'm gonna do, you know, as my responsibility. But also knowing that it helps me when I don't. Like, I'm overly expressive. That's always been who I am. So when I don't get that in, re in return, I'm not bugging out, like, feeling less than because I've already known, I've already learned my value. Like, I've already, I've already been there. I've already, like, I know how I love. I know how to love me. I know what I want. I know what I don't want. So, you know, when I'm being expressive and someone isn't, I'm not chalking it up as they don't know what they want. I'm chalking it up as they're just not open like that. That's just not their, that's not their character, right? I've been in situations to where um, I extended effort and, and grace, uh, uh, you know, upon someone making a mistake. And then it just, it got super, it got worse. It's like, it's, it's crazy because I saw the relationship with my daughter's mom. Like, it's almost like I saw it in real time, but sped up kind of, you know, even before we got to the ending point of our relationship. Like, I saw that it was going bad. It wasn't that she just started talking down on me as a, as a human being. That's how she talked. 
I saw it as something different because there was at least some type of effort of trying to, to show that, you know, I was important to her. But then effort stopped and the disrespect continued. The down talking continued. There was no grace for for the things that I was going through and there was no understanding and stuff like that. And like that had all that had bothered me for so long and it was just like, oh shit, she don't she don't understand for real. In her mind, you know, the potential was there, but it just wasn't what she wanted. And instead of just saying that, the disrespect started. And so now it makes it an un, uh, a uneven and unfair situation because, you know, my daughter has missed her father and I have missed my daughter for all this time because of effort. In that, I had to really, I had to learn how to forgive myself. I really had to sit myself down and reconcile my pain for real for staying in situations for too long for losing or leaving situations too soon for not fighting for certain situations or fighting too hard for for situations I struggle heavily with forgiving myself and trying to do so is like it's like pulling teeth. When I make mistakes, it feels like the me an immediate failure, like the eyes of the world like see me fail. And it be the smallest things. And not only it be, does it be small things, it's things that I'm working on like actively. And it's like if somebody sees it, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe they saw that. But it's like, no, you're you're putting it in the open. You're healing. You're 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 trying to fix it. So why are you getting flustered? Why are you why are you not forgiving yourself? Why are you so hard on yourself when these situations come and you not just sitting on your ass? You're actually up reading articles, uh, reading books, um, trying to you know eat differently, trying to speak differently, trying to work out differently. Like you are actively doing these things. So why can't you forgive yourself when a mistake is made in the open? And I feel like because people's congrats, uh, people's congrats be on mute but their failures be on max value. And mentally, that's difficult on me. So when I make a mistake, it's like, damn, I hope the wrong person didn't see it because the wrong person person seeing something negative can get to the right person to alter your life forever. And I'm talking, if you posting stuff, are saying things or being a certain way outside of your job. Sometimes it, it takes the right person to get to the right person where you work at and it's over. It takes the, the, the wrong person to see a message, to see a post, to see a thing, to get it to the right person and your relationship is over. It takes, you know, you, you if you sending something about your kids or saying something about your kids, you say it to to the wrong person that could get to the right person, it could alter your life. Because I know that I put stuff out there for on myself because I know um, I'm very vulnerable, very open when I'm communicating with people, you know, even when people DM me, I'm very open. <laughs> And knowing, still knowing all that is very hard to forgive myself. So that's something that I work on. 
as I'm breaking down issues, as I'm breaking down, you know, traumas that come across thoughts that I have, as I'm doing all of that, I am learning how to forgive myself. But I'm also learning, hey, don't blindly love like that. Don't let nobody talk crazy to you like that. Not even on no tough stuff. You deserve better because of what you bring to the table. Like your table is set. You bringing your table and you're bringing your table, the, the meal and extra chair or whoever want to sit down. So why is it so hard for you to forgive yourself? You're not a perfect parent. You're not a perfect partner. You're not a perfect employee. You're not a perfect business owner. Okay, bet. So why are you so hard on yourself? So then I start being honest. Like, yo, I didn't make no sales today. Yo, the, 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 after that 20, 30 books that I moved, the book's not moving no more. We've been in a, we've been in a drought, you know, for the apparel for the past few months. Because now it's not about me hiding my insecurities. It's not about me hiding my failures. It's about me being able to forgive myself. It's about me being able to be me wholeheartedly through good, through bad, or indifferent. So if I feel like I had a bad sales day, I should be able to say that and not be embarrassed. Because I be hype over one sale, and then everybody everybody's hype. But then when you post the failure, it's hate. So part of my uh, part of my meditation time is me forgiving myself. Like a lot of it, you know, some days that be the that just be the crux of the, the situation. Today is a day that you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself for this, for that, you know, whatever it is. Whatever it is, I get done with my uh, with my meditation and. Um, I'm hurting and I'm crying and I'm snot nose and, you know, eyes all puffy and I get, I, I get in the mirror and I practice, you know, my affirmations, you know, I'm smart, I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm a great father, I'm a great partner, I'm a struggle as a human being. But if you have grace and you have patience and you have understanding, like, I'm that guy. I'm handsome. I'm good at poetry. I can fight good. I can fuck good. Like these are things that I talk to myself about. These are these are affirmations that you know that I tell myself in a, in a mirror. I'm being honest. You know, I go for for the the more of the inside emotional mental type affirmations, but I gotta add the the vein affirmations as well because we get uncomfortable in our skin and we feel like we look away in certain clothes and then we're hard on ourselves oh my god you know um i gotta work out i gotta do this i gotta do that you work out you get to the point to where you feel like you want to get and then one small thing could trigger it and like ah, i want to go i want to go more and it's like no like you comfortable here relax allow your time to allow yourself to be be comfortable here so i sit in the mirror you know, you like again. You're handsome. You fuck good. You fight good. Your your, your portrait is, is is killing. Podcast great. You got good business ideas. Like nah, I'm gonna hype myself. Being there, low key, like like, don't let no music be on. 
I be in that joint, like, ah, going crazy. Pop blocking, like, dancing around, you know, half the time I be in that joint naked, just going crazy, letting that joint swing like a helicopter. But that's my affirmation time. And it's important that we have those moments with ourselves. So, again, nobody could, nobody could tell me nothing about me. Because I affirm myself. And like I said, unless, like, if, if I'm dealing with you and you are a person that just doesn't give any um, communication, good or bad, I'm not worried about if you give me a kudos or if you tell me something is bad. But I have to affirm myself so that when those people who are extremely disrespectful and extremely willing to tell you something negative, I can understand like they have no understanding what's really going on or that opinion is is not a valid opinion because you're basing it off of one single thing. So I'm not easily offended as it as it results to that. I'm still going to get you away from me if you're bringing me negative energy. Like if you're like, yo, I didn't like that poem. Cool. But if you're like, I didn't like I didn't like that poem. Your flow was whack. You don't have skill. That's a different question because we know that that I mean, I'm me. But you don't get there without being able to uh, affirm yourself. Like I was telling you all before, um, even before I had, you know, these these issues mentally. Like I always used to get in the mirror and just try to to see my soul. And for a long time, I wasn't able to see me. I was so embarrassed of who I was. I was so just like, I didn't like the way my body looked. I didn't like who I was mentally. I didn't like who I was with the actions that I, that I was, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And so it was very hard for me to look myself, you know, in the eyes for a long period of time. But I did that shit every day because I had to reel myself in of being who I say that I am. And in order for me to have in order for me to accomplish that, I had to be real with myself. I had to really, you know, be honest with me. Once I once I got comfortable affirming myself and believing in who I am. Um, it brought up this, this, it brought up this thing mentally where I was battling with dealing with the dreams I have in life and what it takes to get there. And for so long, I was not giving attention to it. Like, I have big dreams for this podcast. I have big dreams for, you know, Hill Avenue. I have big dreams for everything that I'm doing. Unfortunately, I'm, um, um, I'm behind the eight ball because of my age, but I, I feel like I'm just now living. I feel like it's just starting for me. So I stopped putting everything on a back burner. I stopped giving all of my money out before I did stuff that I needed for the business. I stopped giving all of my time out before um, I give myself time for the business. I, I stopped doing all that shit outwardly. And I started giving myself attention and paying attention to my dreams and taking the steps that I needed and need to 
to make that dream a reality. We get so caught up again, like, I know people who have hella good jobs, but they don't really like what they're doing. Right? They hate that shit. They hate it. Hell, I'm I'm in a job that that I hate. But my mind is like, all right, you know, the, the kids do need health insurance. I guess we do need to, you know, to pay to pay bills. But what am, why, why am I not doing that to my dreams? Why am I not as dedicated on what I dream about, what I aspire to be? Why am I not giving my effort to that? Why do I feel like I have to give everything to, to these companies and everything to these kids and everything to, you know, to a relationship? Like, as human beings, why do we feel like that? But when it comes to our dreams, we, we tuck tail and we relax and we chill. Like, all right, I don't have time to do this because this person need this. I don't have time to do that because this person need that. What do you need? What do you need? I know for me, what I needed was to let go of the comparison. That's where I came up with the motto of unison, not comparison, because even when you're not physically and actively trying to compete with someone, your mind is going to put you in a position of competition, especially when it's people doing the same thing as you, same age group, whatever. Like I told you guys in regards to, you know, how they be like, oh, you're 30, you need to be married, need to have a kid, need to own a house, need to do this, da 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 I'm telling you right now, at 40, live your fucking life because once you start having kids, the game changes completely. Once you start owning shit, the game changes completely. Like, people be worried about, oh, you rent. I can't believe you rent. But listen, I got a maintenance man that going to fix whatever it is I need to fuck fix. At no cost of my own. See, people talk about the, the, the positives of ownership. They don't talk about trying to own shit before you're ready, before you're mentally prepared. Like, I'm just now, like I, like I said a few podcasts ago, I'm just now, like, really trying to get shit right to be in a position to buy. Why? Because I've rented for so long, and it's just, like, uh, my thing is how people can just do you, and it's no legal ramifications of their behavior towards you but like if you respond in kind there is consequences so i had to let go i had to let go of comparison like in in both relationships and friendships i tell you all the time i love seeing my guys travel i love seeing my girls having fun my girls as in my home girls um having fun it's lit it's up accomplishments you know houses cars businesses tattoos whatever like you 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 holding your kids down like whatever let go of comparison because it's only one you and you you should be competing to better yourself for you and add value to yourself for you than spending time comparing to others who you have no idea what they're going through behind the scenes a lot of this stuff that you know it, it's sad to say it but a lot of the stuff that you see on social media a lot of it is staged down to the relationships, down to the nice houses, down to the cars. A lot of that stuff is rented, and they, they give you this idea of uh, that they're owning this, and, and, and they don't. 
they give you this idea that your relationship is or that their relationship is on point and it's gold and it's good and it's it's not because they're trying to compare you know back in my day it was called keeping up with the joneses and everybody today still is trying to keep up with the joneses instead of living the life that they're supposed to live and then what's going to happen is they're going to tire out and they're going to spend all this money and they're going to realize everything that they wasted trying to be a part of something that they didn't belong a part of but when you know your own value and and you believe in who you are and you're strong enough to give yourself those affirmations and you're strong enough to accept those compliments um and you're wise enough to to listen to the critic or know when to listen to your inner critic and when not to. Like that's going to help you to let go of comparison. You don't need to be like the next person. Like the the it the sign is in our face that we don't have to compare. Where I live at, there is a there is a, a Wendy's, a Jack in the Box, a McDonald's, a Culver's, a Freddy's, a native New Yorker, and all of those places sell hamburgers and cheeseburgers. And they're in the exact same five three to five mile radius of each other. You think Burger King trying to compare themselves to McDonald's and McDonald's to Culver's and Culver's to Freddy's and Freddy's to Wendy's? No, they get out there and say, I sell hamburgers and French fries. Fuck with it or don't. So why as human beings, especially as small business owners, nah, let, let's just go back like to human beings. So why is there so much comparison of, oh, you copy this, you copy that, you did it. All right, yeah, everybody copied everything. They just put their own twist to it. But that doesn't mean you have to get lost in the idea of comparison. I'll never forget the first shirt that I made. It was very, very dear to my fucking heart, like for real, for real. I, I was uh, an Amazon affiliate um, at the time. That's how, that's how I started, you know, the apparel, which was super crazy. Um, but I posted my stuff on Amazon. And then... Within an hour or two, it was already up on people's bootleg sites. Like, they were selling it themselves. Like, they made it, and they didn't. And that bothered me because I didn't understand anything about business. So, it's like, how are you just, like, I just did that. Like, I spent the hours in it. How are you selling my shit? And it let me know, like, all right, bet. Like, it's not even about comparison because people could steal, steal your stuff and, and do whatever they want. And knowing that and being and, and actually growing up in the bootleg era, it's like, all right, cool. Do you. I'm just going to keep getting better. And when it, you know, of course, I have the proof of that I created the design and all of that. So if it, if it, if it really go there. I have proof to do what I what I need to do. But having that moment of, yo, they're going to steal your shit regardless. 
it allowed me to mentally say, all right, I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna focus on what I'm doing, not what they doing. I can't worry about you stealing shit from me for real. I gotta keep going. I gotta make sure that I'm on the up and up and doing the right thing. I don't have to respond evil for evil. I just don't. I used to be that way, and it used to be a very dark time in my life because I'm taking it there. But now I live a life of unison. Period. If we can't align, then you don't need to be around me. If you are giving no efforts that we are attempting to align, then you don't need to be around me. I'm in a different space in my life, and I have goals to meet, and I'm not allowing anyone to hinder that, regardless. In me being able to dilute the idea of comparison, and I'm talking like the competitive form of comparison, That's what helped me figure out how to serve others. This is something, if I'm being honest, regardless of my relationship with my with the three of my parents, my, my mom, my father, and then my bio dad. Regardless of whatever, me helping people overall, whether it's mentoring team, whether it's the grief coaching, whether it's me giving people money, whether it's me giving people advice, whatever. That has been instilled in me since I was a child. I watched my mother allow neighborhood kids to come get food from us when, when you know, it appeared like we didn't have enough for ourselves. But she never turned kids down from, from a meal. She never turned kids down from... You know, she had if, if she had whatever the need was, it never stopped her from from giving it. Her and my uh, my father, right, had a whole uh, nonprofit or has a whole nonprofit that still, if I'm not mistaken, still deals with you know youth and stuff. My biological father, though, I wish our relationship was better, um, human to human, father to son. You know, I can't deny the fact that the city that we're that we're from, you know, they consider him a legend. Um, he coached Pop Warner for so many years. He coached, you know, high school football for so many years. Um, he he just coaching this and shit, and he gains these relationships with um, with these kids, and they look up to him and everything. Like he he helped, you know, make sure these kids is off the street. You know, some of his kids got into college. Um, some of his kids, as in kids that he coached and stuff, um, so they hold him to high regard. Regardless of who they were with me, I saw that. I saw them helping others. I saw it as an important thing to do, especially, you know, and again, this is not shade at all. I watched my father be that man to an entire city and had no clue of who he was off of the field. Because that, that, that person was not the person that was off of the field that was dealing with or not dealing with us. Right? Immediately, he, he became, you know, coach to me. I hate that the relationships are what they are. I'm grateful of the lessons that I did learn through the darkness. Without me seeing my mom care for other kids and constantly being available for other kids um, like she was us, it makes me a great mentor. 
because I saw, I saw what it was like. I lived what it was like. As I look at, you know, my dad's history with him coaching and, you know, dealing with the kids, I, I look at that, and it's instilled in me. I'm telling you, I'm not ever going to just talk about the negative parts of my relationship with anybody. If not for those moments of seeing that, if not of those, those practices and, you know, if not of me, you know, walking around the city, bef you know, before I had moved and people, you know, oh, your dad this, your dad that, your dad this. And it's like, that's cool and all, and I appreciate that for him. But for me, I, I, didn't, I didn't have that. And so it's, it, it's a difficult thing to have. But again, it goes back to me understanding that it's not about comparison. It's about unison. You, you got the, the father that I thought that I needed. But you really needed it. And so I'm able to let that go. Um, and I'm able to now be in a position to serve others even more so than what, I, what I've been doing. Um, like I told you guys, the nonprofit will be open uh, up very shortly, you know. And, um, yeah, I'm going to further <laughs> I'm gonna further the family business with what I have going on out here. Not that I'm gonna take anything from either of them other than the tenacity and, and hunger to help other people. It's very important, I think, to do the, to serve others. Serve others with the intention to serve, not with the intention uh, to receive because that creates a cloud over you and you won't be able to properly, you won't be able to properly do what you're supposed to do. You have to accept who you are. I, I'm, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know any other way to say it. You have to accept yourself for whatever it is that, that you are. Your experiences and, and and issues, they come from life experience. You can only change what you can change. There's certain things that you, you, you just can't. And you have to be able to accept who you are. You have to be able to get your own feelings, your own thoughts, your own emotions. And even if they differ from the masses, you have to be able to stand on it. I'm not saying be a, be a dickhead about it. But what I am saying is that stand on it. Be fine with standing alone. Be okay with that. Be okay with you being a homebody. Be okay with you being introverted. Be okay with you being extroverted. Whatever it is, be okay with it. You are all that you have. You are living the only life that you are going to give, and you have the right to set boundaries in your emotions, your relationships, your work. Any, You have the right to, to set boundaries. But stand on it. I, I stand on who I am, flaws and all, period. Because I had to ask myself, yo, what is it worth to you? What is it really worth for you to be who, who they think that you are? And I'm like, it, it's not worth anything. Okay, so what's, what is it worth to you to be who you say you are so that you can sleep at night, so that you can breathe easy, so that in the event that you expire, can't no one say nothing about you. 
because you lived the life that you said you was going to live and you were nice to people and loving to people and caring to people. So accept who you are. If you are battling, whatever you're battling, life, emotions, mental stuff, relationships, even when your back's against the wall and you feel like you losing, remember the perseverance. Remember the dedication. Remember the fight that you had to get you to today. A lot of us, we go through these, these days and it feels like it's the worst thing ever. And we feel like we can't go on, we can't move, we can't talk, we can't breathe, we can't think, we can't sleep, we can't eat. But we made it. Through perseverance. Perseverance is going to bring you back every time. Dedication is going to bring you back every time, even when you feel like, now I'm done with this, I'm over with this, I can't live, I can't, I can't do any of this. Even when you feel like that, remember the perseverance. Remember the nights you cried. Remember the, the, the nights you kicked, screamed, and scratched. Remember the, the nights you stayed up studying. Remember the nights uh, that, you know, things was happening, but, you know, you was able to save enough to, to, to get the thing that you needed. Remember those days. Remember how you kept fighting. And take those memories and mold them into the bricks to build your castle. Those memories are what's going to elevate you. The perseverance is what's going to take you to the next level. The dedication is going to put you in a position with yourself that can no one take you from. We lost out here because we don't know ourselves because we're not believing in who we are. We're not really understanding our worth. We're not knowing how to deal with people who make mistakes. We're not learning the lessons of, of those mistakes. We're, it's so much that we're not doing because we're giving all this grace and all this peace and all this love to these things and to these people outwardly when we need it. And there's a time in, our, in your life that you're going to realize that people could pour into you all day. And people could give you things all day. But when you go and you sit your ass down by yourself and the lights is off and the stars is fucking shining and the moon is glowing, how do you really feel? Do you understand your worth or do you not? Every day is a new day. And that day is not always promised. But no matter the darkness, as long as we have air in us, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to peacefullyflawed.com for your podcast merch. Also available is King's Collective. It's a book of poems. Also, my first single, uh, Second Power, off of my upcoming spoken word album, Into the Light, is available on there as well. If you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods, download that app. There is a tip jar over there. Um, also, it's a great app to, to be a part of. If you like podcasts, you can actually speak to your uh, favorite podcast host um, in real time, leave a comment, leave a review. 
Um, if you want to donate to the complex overall, head over to Twitter. Our Twitter uh, page has a tip jar over there. Um, if that's not your at your avenue, you can purchase something from www.peacefullyfall.com to show support, or or you can continue doing what you're doing. Share the podcast, like, comment, um, tell somebody about it, and enjoy. I hope that you know the messages that I'm bringing y'all, or these sessions that we having, are bringing some type of help to you, or some type of understanding, or whatever. Um, again, whether you're supporting the business financially or you're supporting it by just listening. And, and enjoying the content that you are. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Um, just know I, I, I love you all. And again, very appreciative of you guys taking time out of your lives to uh, be a part of this with me. So again, head over peacefullyflawed.com, podcast merch, um, apparel. Um, you can get things from me as a poet, as an author. So again, it's all love. Thank you guys for tuning in. Peace.